This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Scott, a pretty impressive weekend for the Bruins this weekend, huh? I mean, you got the win over the Lightning, and then 20, 27 hours later, about they travel down to Carolina, and with the less than full strength roster, they they defeat the Hurricanes in a shootout four to three. And I believe outside of the Shreshnikov injury, I think Carolina was more or less at full strength. Obviously, the Bruins were without Bergeron and Marshan. Um, and who else was uh, Lindholm? Lindholm, yeah. So, I mean, look, they, the good times just keep on rolling. I think. In this win streak, the Bruins have had a couple of wins where the the quality of play wasn't amazing for them, but they still got the wins. But I think dating back especially to Saturday against the against the Lightning and they carried over Sunday against the Hurricanes, just really strong efforts from the Bruins, grittier style of hockey, more physicality, and just more playoff ready. And two big wins over two really good teams. Yeah, if ever there was going to be such a thing as a scheduled loss, Sunday was it. Like, you know, it's back to back with travel and not even a road trip, just a one day travel down to Carolina. And then they come come right back home. And like you said, Bergeron, Marsha and Lindholm all all sitting. Montgomery said Bergeron was dealing with an illness and he said uh, nagging injuries for Marsha and Lindholm. I think I, I that's probably true. But that's also just like you have to say something, you know, especially where like Oscar Steen comes up on, a, on an emergency recall. That has to be for an injury or an illness. It can't just be you can't just say like, yeah, we're just resting them. So um, there's a little bit of that in how they characterize it. Uh, and obviously you're facing a really good team. And yet uh, it doesn't turn into a loss. It turns into their seventh straight win. Um yeah, just impressive. You know, I thought Pasternak was great. Obviously, scores the two goals, including getting to 50 on the year. Uh, now has a career-high 97 points. Um, you know, I thought Zaka was really good. Like, some of the big guys stepped up. I thought McAvoy had a really strong game. But you also see the depth step up again. Jacob Lauka scores and suffers what looked like a pretty scary injury later in the game. Um Sounds like he's going to be okay. Matt Porter tweeted after the game that uh, the early, early word was that he's okay and that it was actually an upper body injury, even though you know, it looked like he kind of jammed his legs. But really, his whole body made pretty hard contact on that. So, um, yeah, so you see their depth again. I thought, I thought Oscar Steen playing his first NHL game since last year, I thought, you know, looked pretty good, uh, made some good plays, and you know, early in the third period, you thought, uh, all right, it's catching up to them. You know, Carolina's going to take control. They come back from 3-1 down, tie it up. And then Jim Montgomery calls, you know, well-timed timeout. And that really did seem to help kind of settle them down. And 
I thought they finished the third pretty well after that, keeping it a tie game, um, and then get to the shootout and, and win it. So I want to keep it to the uh, to the fourth line real quick, just because you brought you brought up the depth, and it was on full display in both of these two games over the weekend, and and you kind of mentioned that, but I think whether it was, I mean, quite literally off the opening faceoff against Tampa Bay. Now, Tampa Bay was clearly the aggressor in that situation. They came into Boston with a B under their bonnet. Like, they haven't been playing to their standards in their mind, and they're, uh, what are they, they lost, like, was it 7 of 9 or something like that? Or Yeah, uh, and, and now four in a row after Saturday. So, look, John Cooper sent out Pat Maroon and Ross Colton, and they had a vendetta off the opening draw to kind of – set the tone physically. And that's exactly what happened. And Lauko and Colton kind of went out a little bit. And obviously Garnet Hathaway and Pat Maroon dropped the gloves and they had history earlier this year when Hathaway was in Washington. But what you have to love is it's the Bruins fourth line that answers the bell. But then as the game goes on, it's Garnet Hathaway who scores the game winning goal in in a blue collar fourth line fashion. And that's exactly the way he scores that goal, the way he engaged with Maroon off the opening faceoff. That is exactly the kind of blue collar fourth line role that helps you in the playoffs, propels you through series, helps bang up the other team over seven games, plays the right way. It's what you saw happen against Boston against St. Louis. It's what you saw happen against Boston with the Islanders. Like those teams just wore play wore their opponents down. The Bruins don't have those guys to wear players down. Another guy who wears down his opponents with his speed and tenacity and you brought him off the top was was Loco. And he scores a goal, a really nice goal against the Hurricanes today. And he's just he's just really had a strong month, Scott. Like and we've talked about with Bridget in recent episodes too about when everybody's healthy, like what's your preferred fourth line maybe? And there's an argument we had for a lot of guys, but if as it pertains to AJ Greer versus Loco, Loco is bringing more to the table right now, and I don't think Greer's playing bad. I mean, he had a silly suspension, but I don't know. It's Loco, Hathaway, and Nosek. They have something going right now. They really do, and it's kind of like, well, what happens when, when Felino, Felino comes back? Like, it's just. Yeah, and not only that, but also when Taylor Hall comes back and you're potentially looking at dropping Trent Frederick down to the fourth line. Like, Loco has absolutely earned a spot and deserves to keep playing. But, you know, there's also going to be a numbers game at some point. And, you know, not just in terms of staying in the lineup, but also possibly him getting sent back down to Providence because. If they have, you know, say 14 other healthy forwards, which they could when Hall and Felino are back, someone, someone's got to go, and, and Lauco can still go down to Providence without going through waivers. So he's probably the guy just because, just because of how rosters work. But, yeah, he's obviously making the most of his opportunities. And... um at the very least, I think it's safe to say that, you know, if he has to play in the playoffs, you're you're not going to be too worried about it. You know, you're I think the Bruins would and should feel pretty good if they have to plug him in for a game um, or two here and there. Now, you know, obviously you you would hope that would be in place of like other bottom six guys. Right. Like 
obviously you're still going to face issues if, you know, one of your top guys go, goes out. So we're not really talking about that, but just in terms of the, the depth in, in that bottom six, you have a lot of it. And uh, he has certainly added to it and shown that, you know, that he can play at this level and that he, that he gets it. Like you, you just see the energy that he brings and in, in the all around game that he's playing. Um, you know, yeah, he, like he's, he's a guy who can play at this level and, and can contribute and hold his own on the best team in the league. I mean, it's one of the biggest reasons why this Bruins team is just so scary going into the playoffs is that the biggest obstacle I believe for teams in the postseason is the war of attrition. Especially if you want to go four rounds and hoist the cup. When you're 15 forwards deep before you really have to dip into your real black aces, I'm talking 15 forwards that like have played significant time with the Bruins this year. When you're 15 forwards deep, you have the versatility that you have with being able to switch different positions, wing, center, whatever. Um and, and, you know, it's just – it's dangerous. It just really is so dangerous. and it's But more importantly, it's necessary. Um, sorry. I just started thinking about that line from Dodgeball. He was like, necessary? Is it necessary <laughs> to drink on your um, Anyway, it's necessary is what, I, is what I'm saying. But it's but – it, but, uh, but not everybody has it, and the Bruins do. So um, – yeah, I mean, Loco and Loco was like he was a late, later development this year. He had a really strong training camp, but he really kind of he was okay when he had his first glimpses earlier this year. But he's just really, like I said, the last month he's just really taken advantage of his opportunities and and really is giving Montgomery and the coaching staff a tough decision to make when that when that uh, that time comes. Um, what how? How did you feel? So I, we kind of just touched on it, but like just in general, like how did you feel the Bruins matched up? with Tampa Bay in particular on Saturday physically, right? I mean, that's – Tampa Bay's got a ton of talent. They're not as deep this year as they have been in the past couple of years. But I just think that the way that Don Sweeney went out and, and, and addressed some of those some of those needs at the deadline this year in Hathaway and Orloff and, and Bertuzzi, there's just not a game that the Bruins can't play. There's no style they can't play. They're not going to get pushed around by anybody – it's not that this Bruins team is going to go out there and put their opponents through the boards, but they're not going to be, they're not going to shy away from contact. They're not going to get off their game because teams are being physical on them. And whereas in the past years, it kind of, they kind of have, especially when you only have that Bergeron, Pasternak, Marshan line to really rely on. So it's kind of twofold. Yes, you have the depth to overcome certain players being shut down. But this, the makeup of this team from the back end up front, it's just they're, they're, they're much more equipped to play any style. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, definitely. And I thought on Saturday, really what you saw was a Bruins team that had kind of turned the tables on the lightning from the last few years where 
the Lightning were always the deeper team. They were always the one where, all right, you know, stars to stars, you might be able to match up, but you get down to that third, fourth line, and the Lightning have the advantage. And we know, you know, you go back to the 2020 series in the bubble, and I know that was weird, and, you know, you can treat the the bubble playoffs as real as you want, but, hey, they got played in the Lightning won a cup, and a big reason why they beat the Bruins in the second round is that their bottom six really kind of turned that series. And, you know, their deadline additions that year, Coleman and Goodrow, were the perfect additions. And the Bruins' deadline additions just didn't make as big of an impact. Um, now you look at a game like Saturday, and I know it's a regular season game, and it doesn't guarantee that the Bruins beat them in the playoffs if they play in the second round this year. But it was the Bruins deadline additions making the big impact. Hathaway dropping the gloves, scoring the winner. Orlov, I thought had an awesome game Saturday. Um, He was huge on the penalty kill. He threw some big hits, you know, like a tone setting type of game. Um, And, you know, and Bertuzzi continues to be involved too. Um, Meanwhile, over on Tampa Bay, like their biggest deadline addition was Tanner Janot. And I don't know about you, but the only time I noticed him, on Saturday was when he was skating in and out of the penalty box, which he went to three times. So, you know, and he has kind of struggled to fit in there. So this looks like it's setting up as a situation where the Bruins finally just look flat out deeper than Tampa Bay. And that advantage that the Lightning used to have over everyone, now the Bruins have that advantage. And yeah, as far as the physical stuff, like, I, I agree. Like I feel like this question has come up a few times recently. Um, you know, I've heard like some shows ask it. We got a text about it on Sunday skate a couple weeks ago. Like people still have this concern that the Bruins aren't tough enough or can, or like, can they get pushed around or whatever? And I haven't felt that way all year. And I feel like the people who do, that that feels more to me like scar tissue from past postseasons when it's been true and not really a reflection of what this team has been. Certainly not what this team has been post deadline. Like you add Hathaway and Orlov and, you know, even Bertuzzi is a different, he's not physical in terms of like big hits, but you know, he's an agitator. Like he'll get in there. Like they absolutely can go toe to toe -toe with anyone and they're not going to take crap. Like, you even saw that against Montreal on Thursday. You know, the Canadians are, they have nothing to play for other than to try to beat their rival, try to be the best team in the league, get them off their game. And the Bruins weren't going to put up with it, right? Late hit on Bergeron, Marchand goes after him. Uh, Jake Evans, Snow Swayman, McAvoy comes in and tackles him. Like, that. I, I you, you saw that again Sunday where, um, who was, I forget who it was from Carolina, who was like bumping Swayman. And then McAvoy comes in and tackles him again. And, you know, McAvoy takes a penalty. But I think, again, if you're the Bruins, you're okay with that penalty. Like, you'll you'll go kill that one because you saw a guy bump your goalie and, you know, McAvoy jumps in and, sure, well, you know, we'll accept that penalty. I mean, for me, toughness is just as much about being able to take a hit than giving one. And if you're – we've talked about this in the past, but if you're giving a lot of hits, you're you're chasing the game. Right, there's not a lot of puck possession for you because you're 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 chasing your opponent. So, um, when I talk about toughness, it's more about like, are the Bruins willing to go to the dirty areas? Look, open ice hits are great; they're fun to watch. 
They're awesome. I welcome them. I would love to see Charlie McAvoy, um, you know, greenlight somebody during the playoffs uh, coming across the middle. Be great. You know, it, it, clean, right? <laughs> but um, but when I when I talk about other Bruins, like, are they are they physical enough to play that style of game? It's like okay. So when they played Carolina and you're going up against Jacob Slavin and Brent Burns and Pesci and Shea and, you know, whatever, whoever, whoever else their their six foot three plus defenseman is on that team in the corners, are you getting bumped off the puck? Are you willing to go after that loose puck? Um, and, and this Bruins team is, they are willing to do that. They have the depth and the personnel to do that. Whereas in the years past, it's just it hasn't been there. Um, they've gotten knocked off pucks a little bit, and it doesn't take that much. Like getting knocked off the puck doesn't mean getting smoked on your ass. It just means like are you, are you losing fifty fifty battles. And watching the Tampa Bay game in particular on Saturday, I noticed just how strong the Bruins' board work was, in particular in the Ozone, but in all three zones really. I mean, protecting the puck on the boards and the breakouts waiting that extra second to see where, where the outlet pass should be, uh, not rushing not rushing pucks off the glass, like holding on to the puck, absorbing a hit, whatever. And then down in the offensive zone, there was just a lot of good board work, protecting the puck down low, um, good support, a teammate 10, 15 feet away, 10, 12 feet away, um, good high to low movement. Um, I mean, you saw it on the game-winning goal, right? There was puck possession down low, no sick, and um, – you know, Loco was out there, and, and, and obviously Hathaway was net front, but Hathaway won a, won, a, won a board battle. And then Hathaway came in, supported Nosek on a board battle. Puck squirts loose. Nosek does the one-handed thing up the boards. And then Grizzly gets the puck to that. Hathaway beats his man in front. Like, it's so physicality is not just the Scott Stevens open ice hits from the 90s. It's, it's a lot of smaller details, and this Bruins team definitely – definitely is capable of playing that game. Yeah, and Jim Montgomery highlighted that after Saturday's game. He talked about, um, you know, once once they got through, like, all the penalties of the first period and you got a little more five-on-five five play, he said, like, basically the, the sign to him that they had found their game was that they were winning foot races and they were getting, you know, getting on pucks first, um, which he said was, like, a sign that they weren't afraid of taking the hit because – Right. We've all seen it. Like you'll see a guy who has a step in a foot race, but he sort of, you know, slows down, kind of initiates some contacts that turns into more of a scrum and he doesn't risk getting taken a hard hit. And it's like, you know, if you, if you win that scrum, like, okay, you'd still find a way to win possession. But it, what Montgomery's talking about is like, you're just going in there, getting the puck and quickly moving and taking that hit. And you saw that a bunch on Saturday and you saw it again on Sunday. Um, yeah, it's like they are, you know, they, they've played a lot of playoff style hockey this year, but especially recently, like some of these games, especially this weekend, it's like it's encouraging to see because now you're getting close. There's only nine games left now. And, you know, we had wondered like, all right, when do you turn it back on? You know, I, I've mentioned how Montgomery kind of put that date um, with five games left, like when they get back this this coming weekend, when they get back from Pittsburgh and St. Louis and take on Toronto, like he sort of circled that a while back. But 
they're doing it even before then. That and you know, I think it's entirely possible they have another slip up along the way. You know, they have a, a couple games this week that you know aren't against like rival teams. So we'll see. You know, there's still some opportunities in here for them to potentially slip up a little, lose focus. But they got up for Tampa and Carolina, and that has to be encouraging, especially Carolina again on back to back. Like that could have easily been. Hey, you know what? We've won six in a row. We just beat Tampa. We're feeling good. Like no one really expects us to have our best on Sunday. And, um, you know, they, they still brought it. So that's definitely a real credit to them. 